is physically here. Yeah. Mike Cohen wants to say good job about the Sorry, here. He's bringing basketball the medium seconds. So, um, so uh, seven on three, and I call the meeting to order. And members and guest introductions. Uh, I see Vlad is here today. Vlad, uh, thanks for your efforts on the Ukrainian relief. He's been the effort last few months. Good to see you. Ron is here. And we have slightly guess my son is here as well today. Uh, and James, Stephen Farrell, Mike Bourne, Amy, Odin, Jim Rob Commerce, and Vice Chair Patricia here as well, and Sarah. So, thank you. And Scott goes, uh, Scott goes online. And uh, we also have. Uh, Who's our who's in there? Bruce Bruce Kowalski is also online. John Henkel was also joined. And um, just to for our county attorney's benefit, um, Bruce Kowalski was approved to participate remotely due to a medical reason, and he is participating from his home. Thanks for that, Sarah. And do you have do we have any public comments tonight? I am ready to the any public. Let's call them. We did not receive any additional messages beyond the one that I forwarded to you all a couple of days ago. Oh, yes. Okay. Thank you for that. And we don't see any public uh, in person here for public comments. Um, business matters. Is there any anything that any other board members want uh, you know, to take comment or call out? Um, anything before we dive into business matters? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Um, going into business matters. Um, so, fiscal estimate for Aquarius in for bike share program. Um, thanks for sharing that information, Penny, and I'll reach out to um, friends over in Arlington. And I did forward that information to the membership here, and I did uh, receive a couple of questions from membership. Um, so I think the next step, I think this is uh, uh, came up from Chair Randall's conversation. Uh, and myself on meeting with the Chair Randall. So, what do you recommend as a next step on this? Um, if, I, I mean, if any members have any comments, questions on that, uh, any what the next steps are. So, the, uh, essentially, the uh, folks over at Arlington County, they said they have specific separate contracts, not specific separate contracts for appliances. As well as they uh, they could then be used for shared across jurisdictions, and they could be used across jurisdictions. And the software uh, that they use also is shared. Um, 
So I think it's all thrown across this other mission here. Did you say only from Van Fairfax? Oh, I, I did think so the Fairfax, but I didn't hear a response back from the So I heard that from Arlington, which is contracts, details there. Details there. This is all probably up in the room. So it wasn't shared. No. I'm sorry, did you did you speak with somebody at Arlington? Yeah. Okay, okay, thank you. Yeah, I did uh, speak to somebody, I think, uh, Monday following um, March Council Board meeting. I did speak to them and ask them to forward any information along that to us about it. I didn't send it to a tab membership. So you should all have that PDFs. Did you still staff Yeah, staff is on that as well. Yeah, I'll check. Yeah. Uh, May 4th at 20, May 4th. I see it right here. You got the wrong copy. All of this? Yeah. Okay. If 24th is from the second. May 4th? You're saying 24th? May 4th. Oh, May 4th, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I make sure I send two weeks before so people okay. can. We get, you know, um, so bring up about the staff recommendation is uh, we can take it back to the supervisors and see if they want to do uh, staff's analysis and put on us in BMI. Take this forward, take any staff. Post this up. Any transport members have any further comments or questions? Did, did the email include cost estimates? And of course, it needs to be um, configured in Challenges is we're still putting by cabs and points and things like that. Even by pretty messed up right now. I mean, that's what the next round is. You know, I think getting it from the board and then the board, we forward with the board and figure out where it fits in if it's a CFP request or whatever. And good because it's the right. process starts. Well, it's actually already starting. So and also, um, uh, I'm going to bring this up that uh, you know, Sarah had mentioned with the TLEP meeting where uh, the transit accessibility to metros uh, is being moved to June 22nd meeting. Yes. So I don't know if this can be 
as part of that conversation or not. It's up to you. Yes. Uh, are, I can, are we going to take it to specific vote in person? Maybe that's going to be our money. I, we can make mention of it, but I think it'd be best to, to the board members themselves this is what is interesting. We're here to help support you, but we take our direction in terms of work to do from the board. So we need the board to tell us they want us to do something. Randall, am I correct though? And we're looking at some catching up to um it looks like it's we're only talking about a ten thousand or so thousand dollar expenditure. Is that Action apparatus that needs to be installed. So this might be for Arlington, sorry, uh, uh, but for Loudoun County, it will be different because this would be for um, in our metro stations. Sure. And uh, so we can't compare what they've done. Correct. Well, right. okay. This is just like a. So then, like, are there cost estimates in your email? Correct. It should be as part. Correct. It should be. It's, it's in the uh, third PDF uh, on May fourth at one fifteen PM. Supervisor Brisbane um, is big on bikes. Same with uh, mm -hmm. Ashburn District Supervisor, we are big on bikes. So, and those this might be an initiative from Chair Rato, no, from people who sort of read that. That's that. Yes, sir. The ramp on the uh, item 95. Mm -hmm. The default price for that platform is unlike all the other items in that uh, column. It's quite a bit more. Uh, and um, this is the uh, particle page reading from the French and others. The, the, the price layout. Price layout, okay, that's right. Because Rushi sent the first one, the price layout was in the Third well, no, I didn't send it to everyone. I just sent it to the to the staff to be on top of their mailbox. Okay. But, but the what he's talking about is the unit price is nine hundred ninety nine dollars, right? And the bulk price is five thousand eight hundred fifty nine dollars. Right. Is that correct? Yeah. So, what's the question of that? 
Uh, in all other cases, the bulk price is less than the unit price, right. and this right. is the higher of the gap. I don't know why. Yeah, that's doesn't sound like it. Yeah. I don't know why, but we can check. You know, as we you know, get along this process, I can give that clarified, or we may get clarified. I see, I see what you're saying. So, for clarification, this is just for estimation of art. Correct. Reference purposes. Well, I don't, I don't think we need to focus on it so much, but it helps no. us understand if it's 10 grand, it's like, well, let's do it. Okay. If it's, you know, present grand. No, I'm not thinking anything. Yeah. 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 Like Penny said, it's just how we stagger it, how we CIP plan it, and it's cute. So, uh, perfect. All right. So, that's um, the item number one. Fiscal apparatus, any other questions, comments? So, Rushi and uh, Brad, you know, if you guys have any interest to take it up to your supervisors, so it's, uh, I'll probably work with you to talk this question. I probably will. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm not to not pay it for your supervisor. It's just that, it's just that we can be um, perfectly they, they are. But it's the amount that champion amount that mm -hmm. they they buy yeah, the bikes so. so often that other supervisors. Well, I'm happy to advocate to even my local supervisor. Sure. But, but I feel a little untethered, you know. I don't, you know sure. This is a good thing. Sure. Uh, what is your treatment? Talking to talking to your employees. Or or if I do it from my business, it would be sure. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I think both should work and we probably will reach out to you as well. Uh, so we'll keep the plan. But it's a concrete line once you get out of the car. Yeah. So those are going to be variables to begin with. They probably most likely going to have uh, send it back to staff to study on that. That's right. That's right. We'll have better metro stations. Yes. And is how many metro stations in Arlington? They deploy this to. Yeah, there's at least I can think of it off the top of my head at least more than a half dozen. We don't have anywhere near that. Yeah. Ten thousand dollars. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, they've got orange line, green line. They've got quite a few stations there. I need to know, but I don't. <laughs> I lived there long enough to see that was county. So, a couple of questions I can ask this. Uh, this is dated, right? Uh, this is stock yeah. not, not too dated. It's probably reasons. It's, it says March. This was for the. Uh, Bike and the scooters, or just the bike? Bike chair? Just the bike chair. Okay. And the person was very, very uh, quick to respond if I had any questions. Okay. Very good. So, 
just for the record, Metro, there are no. 11 Metro stations in Arlington. Yeah. So the guys said they usually have those dockings and depending on the usage, um, they'll need one of stations, they usually configure it accordingly. It's a good question to ask. Scott, do you want to say that again? I don't know if they heard you. Just for the record, there are 11 metro stations in Arlington. 11? Correct. Your volume is coming in low, Scott. We heard you really well at the beginning. Is it better now? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I just turned it up. Thank you. Um, yep. So, question, uh, usually the question that we are asking um, is for, like, um, yeah, all the wide. Uh, so, the question I'm asking for is how many stations are they configured to support today, correct? In Arlington? Well, or the cost per station. Both. It's actually both. But yeah, so, like, you know, how many? So, if this cost, like, if this is divided by 11, this kind of makes it easy, but, you know, if it's uh, they're doing this for for seven stations and some stations cost more than others, you know, and just a general, you know, there might be more cost at say a courthouse station than, and we, and they don't have anything at the Pentagon because it's the Pentagon, you know. So, and they probably don't have anything in Arlington Cemetery, you know. I think Scott mentioned that, you know, so. Good uses of they want to get some cemetery downtown. I don't know. Yeah, but they get, they're not riding the bike inside. <laughs> um, the thing was, I mean, the other thing uh, Todd mentioned was uh, this is all shared under the Metro Metro Washington Forms of Governance, like you said. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So he said it's all covered up with the contract. And, and if I'm reading this correctly, there are 92 bike stations in Arlington. But this is all conjecture. Can I mean, I mean, for, yeah, I mean, if we can ask folks to research this, other than not surmise anything from what information. Anything else? Sorry, Penny, you want to say something? No. Okay. I, I do want to make a point of uh, timing on the meeting tonight. Sarah, what are, are the time constraints for the use of this room? Uh, we will need to wrap up the meeting around 830 uh, because we have to allow time to put everything back. We have to put all the tables and chairs back uh, and the library closes. We have to be fully out of here before 9 o'clock. Yeah, we don't have the luxury as the DTCI conference room where we Thank you. All right, so that's that. And the second one, um, this feedback from our tab membership specifically that I put in here, because last time we um, had talked about this, we mentioned that as we rank commuter uh, bus, um, local buses or metro, that we would uh, reach out to our fellow commuters and provide any feedback. Um, does the tab membership have any inputs or feedback on that? At the last meeting, I, I uh, asked if we can meet 
given some sort of cards or something like that. Correct. That's coming up. That's further down. That's further down. Oh, we're talking about a survey, right? Wasn't that part of the survey? No, that's the question. That's not what's the doing it, but it's just the numbers by ourselves. Um, so, for instance, I do not write a tab when I mean, I'm not writing on buses, but there are people in Brian Levin and Brambleson. They mentioned about commuter bus timings and whatnot. They write to DC, and then one of the persons, I think, uh, he said that from by the time I get into DC, I get out of the morning times and evening runs are too far apart that, you know, they're not much direction. So uh, I think he'll leave his job to uh, transit uh, comments on that. So I asked him to resend that email to us. So some, you know, some kind of you know, traction from the fellow writers or fellow So that, that's what we had discussed the last time uh, to see uh, if we could get say, get any feedback or That's when Ray had asked about the Business cards, so you know, we go there in public and say that, oh, I'm so and so from Francis Board, you know, stop saying that you can get a card, you know, part of the profession. Are there any feedback, comments on this email? So that's what it's starting to That's what it's saying. It's further down the edge of that. So if any, any of our members have any feedback or comments that you guys have, um, you know, you know can share them now or you can throw it to start. Seeing none, the comments on like quality of service, nothing for that. I mean, if they have any any kind of feedback, right? So it could be bus run frequency that selling a particular, say, say, now one can be more buses. Strength of nature, you know, but the E or uh, the timings are incorrect, or it could be uh, anything that could be not just computer buses, but also you know, metro panics, be local buses, uh, or ramp as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have actually two pieces of feedback from like people in the community. And one is that bus stop running early. And so one of the riders on the local bus takes a bus to work, but to their personal work because by the time she's on the ship, the bus doesn't run anymore. And another one, and I also don't know what to do with it, but on bus stops that are used infrequently, buses don't notice people. And then they run by, and the person you know, keeps waiting at the bus, and and buses run on such like long intervals that it sets the person back like another half an hour or so, right? And it's it's hard to blame the driver, the driver because again, like if the bus stop is used like once a month, right? Then like they're almost like trained to not pay attention. But I I, I have uh, I, I have heard from two people who uh, were forced to use the bus. One was. Uh, like car in the shop and another one I was talking with my wife. And basically they would come to a bus, like they would do social schedule, come to a bus stop, wait for a bus, and bus drives right by them, and they're like, oh my god, what do I do now? So yeah, that's two again two items that uh I heard. 
Uh, we can certainly uh, actually tomorrow have a meeting with the management team. I, I bi-weekly uh, operations being with our contractor. I can certainly bring up the bypass and you know, just remind the drivers they need to be aware that yeah, people could pop up in frequently and they need to be more careful, more vigilant uh, as they're approaching stops to work for folks. Particularly, I know we had a case in one stop in Attica outside of the apartments following following sense because the store was passed up twice in a week or something like that. I would say we that we kind of realized two things. One, there was a bus completely obstructing driving view inside the shelter. But no warning. And the daughter was doing what many youth these days do. They are in their phone and didn't even see the bus coming, didn't stand up and try to drive us up. Bad set of circumstances, but we will we'll definitely raise the awareness with the drivers. So this is a, a very broad issue. Um, I don't want to derail the conversation, but um, there's a, a number of beloved human services networks which represent service nonprofits, largely serving vulnerable populations. And there have been requests in the past from nonprofit groups to map out lower income neighborhoods and trace that to the high employment areas. And I don't know if that study has ever been conducted or if it has been something that should, but that is something we'd love to get back to the I don't know that that study is ever together. I know we've never done that, but I know if we create routes, we try to look for areas of lower income individuals so that there weren't transit in those areas. Um, one of the things that has happened in the budget process is we have a new division called the Mobility Services And we want to work very closely with the human services agencies and how we put that program together because. Uh, this came out of a study from her seniors and those that are other able individuals in the county, and we identified the need for 10,000 trips a day when we're doing about 10,000 a year. So, in addition to the position, we've gotten three additional metro access or, or transit access bands. But we know that once word gets out, it's going to be the demand is going to be tremendous. So part of what came out of that study is how can we more efficiently use all of the nonprofit organizations? How can we coordinate with them? And that's part of the role of this mobility services coordinator is to find a way to systematize all these resources that are better in the community. And I simply have not had time to get plugged into the uh, human services network. I'm just plugged. Okay, yeah, that's great. Um, because um, that's that's where we need to go. This, they're going to help us put this together. They helped us put the study together, actually. Yeah, good. I'll read that out together. Yeah. Um, while we are at it, I think in similar lines, this John from our broader district had asked about affordable housing. Uh, Seven stuff of the housing. Yeah, this is too broad in this. We have the value judgment. Sarah, how many plans are available to the group design? Thanks, Sarah, for your response last week. So, yeah, so to your point, and it's my favorite setting, is that there is a local route that connects. Sugarland Run, which is sort of part 
and it's our second most used local uh, I think, right? You, you made it correct. Uh, I have to check. But basically, the, the, the route is uh, not very um, convenient. It runs on long intervals and it's like very long and wide tempest. And it's very used because it, it's where, you know, people who need to use a bus. We do, you know, one of the things we do recognize in our local system, and the problem about it in here is that it's a system that's never got the attention that it didn't need it since we yeah. took it over. And I don't have an exact timeline, but getting to a review of that whole system down to the level of where are people and where do they want to go down the very basic question of the transit system uh, is something that we are going to be looking at. I mean, that could be with the silver line. Uh, that's probably, I would say, likely to be one of our next next major projects. Right. Um, get some, some of our new staff on board and stuff like that. That is definitely a high priority. Yeah, and it's not, uh, when I say that the route is inconvenient, I, I know it's not like because you made it inconvenient, it's right. just like constraints, right? Like you have so much money to. I, I, I'm sure I've said this before, but I just see opportunities that we just have not had a chance to take advantage of. With the solar line coming, it opens the door to things that we've just not looked at. We know that our route system is one that we inherited from BRT back in 2013 or something like that. I mean, that's what it's to speak to. But we know this system is probably not designed the way we would re we, we today would be designing it. So, but Scott, we might work. Go ahead. Yeah, so I, I want to jump in here. I, what I didn't hear anybody say um, from staff side is that we are about to embark on a 18 month transit strategic plan that will be very detailed and get into a lot of these questions regarding frequency of service, um, who we're serving, the vulnerable populations, the low income populations, um, how many are, are not that don't have service around them now within a quarter of a mile? A lot of these questions will be, you know, uh, filtered through with this study. Um, it's it's a it's actually a funding plan for the DRPT, but it's designed for agencies to look long range at where they're going and and what they can do and and what fixes need to be made and. It's not a fix for everything, but mind you, but it, it will delve into all of these things and set a plan. It's a 10 year plan to start to set a path to be able to resolve some of these issues. So it, it, it uh, the general high level principles will come out in this in this study. So um, it, it'll be a good place to start. And that's gonna that's gonna happen here in the next, it's gonna start in the next, I don't know, Penny, Sarah, 90 days. <laughs> 90 days. We have two years to complete it. Uh, we plan to engage with the community. In fact, we want to have a consulting work and, and interviewing members of the staff to get your insights into how you would like to see transit evolve in the future. Uh, so we'll be reaching out to board members and staff members to help um, shape this vision for the future. And Penny, I don't know if it's if it's viable or, or even possible, but there would be groups like Well Hunger Relief. So if there were a simple three or four questionnaire of each client coming in, 
do you run? Where do you go? What you know? It's something that could begin building the trend mm -hmm. for those individuals. I think those nonprofits would be very honest to be part of this. Absolutely. Uh, we had our first meeting with consultants today. We're just starting now to shape this whole analysis. Um, again, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I think we have some new members. COVID has shown us very dramatically that people that need transit are the people that live in this community that don't work, not the ones that work downtown, because we've got that, that issue solved with Silver Line and with the Long Haul Ferry. But we know now that the unseen have been seen. The people that need to ride transit to get to work, to get to the grocery store, to get to doctor's appointments, live here in Loudoun County, and that's the population we have not fully served. We've tried with what the, you know what we've had, the system we've inherited, but not had enough time and staff to do the analysis we need to do. So I think there's, I just see opportunities in the future. It's going to take a number of years to get there, yeah. but at least we're starting. So uh, I'm very excited with, with Scott, Steve, and Sarah, and others on the team that we have real opportunity to start thinking this thing over with them. But your input, again, your comments are important to hear. Um, you know, in line with that, um, item um, 2D on our packet <coughs> that, that says I will follow up on. Direct and transit feedback to transit at cloud.com. So, if you know, public has any comments such as you know, bypass bus stops or anything of the nature, uh, I'm sure they're going to call um, the number. But in addition to that, we can, we can request them to send emails more you know, and similar to other organizations. So, we have actionable tasks from there. For some reason, it doesn't get solved. So, so. what is so nice about rape ideas and all that thinking is that it gets you the form. It shows for you. Right. Legit. Right. right. I mean, exactly. You're really soliciting information. And you can give them that card and they've got your name, but they've also got our email to send us feedback. I think that's a tremendous opportunity. Yeah. I think so. Um, um, unless there's any other pressing comments on that, I'm going to move to item 2C, um, which is basically transit needs for USTA that change mentioned, change you want to speak on that. I know that uh, you're still on a hibernating mode on that to learn more speakers to how we will approach that. I did meet with the developer of the USTA project, and if you um, haven't seen the announcement, it's probably a, a good one to look at. It's a significant announcement for Loudoun County. Uh, it's going to bring a, a major sports complex to the county for um, tennis and pickleball. So between um, exact number of courts, but somewhere around 50, I think major um, facility and I was just talking to LeBron after our last meeting thinking something like that is going to spur transit needs but and I was uh, thinking we should be talking with them right now and so that's why I asked if you could talk 
folks who they only spent some time with me. But the good news is they haven't picked a final location yet. So they they go in some Loudoun County, and I I was told afterwards we've got uh, you know some you know final candidates, but nothing's been announced yet. So once that has been announced, um, it'll be I think there'll be transit requirements getting to and from there because there'll be big events that will be held there. Um, of course, there's going to be parking and needs for parking around the facility and then getting to people to and from the facility from where they park. So I think it could be an interesting um, project for us to provide. Certainly, uh, thanks for the submission, James. Uh, James has brought up his um, EDAC. He's involved in different facets. So he brings it into that perspective. I recently, not too long ago, I think there's a Zoom. Uh, conversation or Zoom meeting for a lonely community in South Riding. South Riding, South Riding, of property where the community is being developed. Um, so brought there, and similar lines. Uh, we also discussed the transit needs. This was Supervisor Lindros' town hall for that. So there, uh, we really discuss about the transit needs that would arise, um, you know, for anybody for to be involved in that. Businesses there coming from elsewhere, coming from elsewhere. So this some of our transit needs. So that's a great thought, and I think this will all help us plan the CIP mm -hmm. eventually, uh, and how we will repurpose some of our fuel that we have today for wood fires. Thank you for that. Any comments on that before we go on to the next thing? Okay. Um, I have. Um, um, so there's items 2E and F. The one thing that I want to touch upon before, I think the last two are more from the staff. Um, uh, so I want to touch upon the, the um, information that I sent yesterday on the feasibility of community bus service to Lowell County um, from North. And western jurisdictions. Um, that was a VMI highlighted by Supervisor Lechardo. I'm very pumped comment. Thanks for the solution by John, who's in Europe now. He's not here, but you know, the community will have members, members as part of the conversation. From that we'll have at least a couple of members we have as part of the discussion. So I'm not sure if sure staff turned back on that joke for both or are you? That's not that. I know that it would be free, but they decide to involve TAP or the comments to involve up to three TAP members. I don't know if they did. They wouldn't have decided that last night. Okay. But, but um, I can tell you because I saw John's uh, suggestion for involvement. Um, usually, um, and I'll say it's not always, but usually. Uh, advisory groups don't get that involved in a project like this. But what I would suggest is that as we initiate the study, when we finally get to it, because our workload right now is pretty I mean, Scott mentioned one strategic plan, there's another one. And we've got major projects going on, mostly involving Sarah, so she's, she's long right now. But at any rate, once we initiate this project, our plan would be to identify consultants, develop a work plan, take it back to the board, tell them what we plan to do and how much it costs. And they would appropriate funds to do the project. Um, and once we kick that off, what I would suggest we do is have 
the consultant uh, under the tab to get your insight and input into that process. And then what we would do is we continue this process is that we would provide periodic updates to the tab on how we are progressing with that study. Um, that is one of the focus that I would recommend, but if you want to actually be a part of a project like this, the board would have to tell us to do that. Sure. So I think having heard that my question is, uh, I saw the motion that was put by the BMI last time, but do you, do we know what was the, what was written is what was approved. It took us back to the Senate. Okay. So they okay. said, and that was your I don't think it's so sorry. I'm lost. Okay. Are we talking about strategic plan or another plan? So this is around the feasibility. So there's this commuter bus fleet that we have, and our town membership has past discussed um, the ridership for commuter buses, where it might not go back to the pre-COVID levels because people are now doing work a lot. They might not go to the district as much as they used to, and also metro coming in. Um, in the summer, early fall, a loss of being competition with commuter buses. So it's a two fold. So, what are we going to do with the bus? Commuter bus fleet. So, we have had this conversation with Tab in the past, and I had, mentioned, I had spoken um, with uh, Chair Lando a meeting on this, and also supervised by John. Um, so, that's where part of that is the BMI that was. Put forth by Supervisor Metro yesterday as part of the meeting. And that's how you're referring to it as BMI? Or Board of Initiative. I'm okay. sorry, we get caught up in the no, no. Okay. I, I told them I got confused with body mass index. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One time. So, yes. And what's the study? How are you referring to the study? Okay. So uh, let me read the motion that was adopted last night. And there's a, a, it's a two page. BMI and what happens with the board member initiative is the staff person on behalf of that board member usually will consult with staff before they actually put it together and they did in this case. And we shape the, the discussion about what needs to be done and they bring it to the board and the board can discuss it or the board in this case says we think this is a good idea. Staff go out and start working on it, come back and tell us uh, what your work plan is and how much money you need to do the study. Uh, we'll hire a consultant because we don't have the capacity in house to do it, but we'll monitor and manage the contractor. So in this in this particular initiative, the motion was that I move that the board of supervisors direct staff to develop a work plan and identify the funding needed to analyze the feasibility of providing commuter bus service into Loudoun County from jurisdictions to the west and north, and return to the board at a future business meeting with a draft work plan and proposed funding option. So the idea, and Mr. Latrell specifically mentioned uh, bringing people from outer uh, jurisdictions into into Loudoun County to work because we have a workforce shortage, and so that was one of the things he emphasized. Chair Randall mentioned that this is a great place to come and play too, you know, with wineries or whatever it might be, uh, tennis, football. Uh, um, so. The idea is that we provide opportunities not only within Loudoun County, but reach outside of Loudoun County if we have to, to bring people into Loudoun County to help businesses, 
you know, increase opportunity for for uh, economic development. So essentially, we're trying to see what what our opportunities are. We reconfigured green going best. They can reconfigure the cost. Yeah, even uh, you mentioned foreigners, right? And also, you know, drinking and driving. I mean, uh, we can pass going from Lisbon and around foreigners. Seems like a uh, you know, win win. Yeah. Directly to the police department. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Anecdotally, I, I know, uh, and this is just me having such informal service with when I go out, but a lot of the this is a reference to Lee Sterling, they come from Charlestown and Harper's Ferry. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, they're obviously with gas and everything. They would love to have a direct way to get to Leesburg and Sterling to be able, specifically those two places right now, to be able to, and of course, being able to get home after that's hours. The hard part. That's the hard part. Yeah. So, you get them, then they got to get home. So, that's the other thing. So, they got to get home, and the, the restaurants close. Yeah. You know, depending on the hour, but it's usually after the, the local bus is shut down. So, yeah. but they would love that, and uh, I'm sure a lot of businesses would love to have that kind of infusion. See, that's why I really want to have Kevin participate in giving consultants input on the strategic plan, as well as this study when we start that too, because you're hearing things that we may not be hearing. And also, you know, um, then we have ball games in the district, right? So that's game or any anything of the nature. So you know, I have taken courses uh, from clients in the past to go to ball games. So there's interest uh, on that. Yeah, the ballpark buses were great. I mean, I just went to a game last weekend, no, last Thursday, a daytime game, and ended up paying like four times what I paid for the ticket for the parking. You know? Parking was like ten, um, the thing was like ten bucks, but the parking I somehow ended up in the main garage and <laughs> three months later. Yeah. And I would have loved to have taken a bus down there. Take the hassle. Yeah, just the hassle. I mean, it's got, it's got a price. Just the hassle of getting through, getting through independence, and then getting all the way around. Yeah, that'd be so nice. Just still get that. And, and we, I think that's a great idea. We need to be thoughtful about what is the purview or responsibility of providing a transit service versus private sector companies that provide, you know, that kind of service to the game or something like that. But I think we can put it on the table and take a look at it. Um, sounds like that's moving along. It's good. Um, so um, let me go to item 2F and then come to E. Uh, following up on the Bomada accessibility advisory companies, so this was shared um, for our transit board by staff. Uh, Sarah shared from her from the person uh, at the uh, accessibility committee. I think the person was there. Um, we start, um, I think the deadline was last Friday, the 13th. So I'm not sure anybody could tap or share this and apply uh, to be part of that. I couldn't, I couldn't, I thought about it, but I couldn't apply to this morning. I'm on this type of person. Anybody? He doesn't want to quite interested in that. So I've been with the committee this morning to help the current individuals benefit from the transit. 
such system and bring in the representation from the outcome. This is a standing committee that's been with Lamada for. I'm sorry, who's Lamada? Lamada is the Washington area in the metropolitan Thank you. <laughs> The silver line is part of it, the orange line, the metro system. And then they also have bus service. But um, the idea is that they have a citizen's tree that provides, just like our, our disability advisory group, gives the board feedback on what's going on in the community. This tree provides to the model board on issues that they're seeing in terms of safety for the uh, other abled individuals in the system. Uh, it could be about lighting alongside of the platform. It can be, I don't know, you know, just signage and things like that. So people don't know what to get around. So. Um, yes, and also to add to what Penny said, um, that coins being pulled onto that the civil line almost here. For metro station, so they want our members to be parting with their process in the Washington Metro area transit authority. And you are you specifically talking to someone from this committee to serve on that, or are you looking for support in general from other individuals? I think um, the request was somebody from our panel to be part of the yes. Um, and also by the deadline it's last Friday, but if anybody's interested, we can I can check with them for some David. Sarah, I think you sent out some materials about when the meetings were held and yes, time commitment. It's four to five hours per month. First Monday of every month, five thirty, seven thirty, two p.m. If you're interested in, I, I I could not I would not be able to yeah. get out. We appreciate the meetings, but uh, and and just know that there's openings all the time, and so it's not like if they can't do it right now that there won't be another one. And I, if I recall, the meetings were over Zoom. I think it was not in person. But I can't remember. You know, I, I, I am working right now. I think it was it was virtual. It was not in person. Right. Standard. So that's that, and then let's move on to item um, two B, uh, discussion on comments about draft so zoning ordinance. Um, and Sarah had uh, sent out a note to our membership um, on asking we had certain um, comments that we can provide as um, individual um, thing. And but I think she also wanted, wanted to bring to the forum here if we had any collective. Uh, inputs that we want to provide to the zone ordinance. Yeah, we can enter, I think, in the software. So, I, I think the meeting is coming up soon. Oh, correct. For mm -hmm. this, for this uh, zone ordinance. Um, I don't, it will take me a little while to pull that. No up. problem. No problem. I think, I think, I think you mentioned, I, I don't know, I think I'm going to be sending five minutes to but. If you want to add um, any further information on that for uh, TAM membership, Sarah, for that. I, I know I keep thinking of maybe it's my second meeting, but I think it's a, a robust conversation about what is in there. Not that Brad has adopted it, but all 
having little understanding of what changes are going on. like this pretty good way in, but it kind of helped us organize the problem. My reaction in seeing that request was, I don't even know how to begin to respond. Okay, well, good. Let me just hand. Yeah, yeah, because that that is a very unusual request that's made as far as I can understand the history of the organization. Now, what I also understand is that there is a, this is the one exception to advisory groups, there was created a, a citizen group to look at the building ordinance. Maybe this idea came from them to ask other advisory groups in on this. I'm not knowledgeable enough about our zoning ordinance to even begin to tackle this one personally. I, I just don't know. So it was very awkward to me. Well, you said this around. Correct, correct. But I'm looking at that document. Correct. So we've got five minutes with me going. Holy cow! One Correct. So I'm just looking back at Sarah's email from. Um, April 22nd, she said it's a 25 What date was that, Rob? Sorry? Um, would you say what date that was? April 22nd. April 22nd, Friday, 825 a.m. Um, that's, that's our weekend read. But, <laughs> but she said uh, comments are due before they're scheduled to let me in. But I think to Penny's point, um, this was, um, uh, it looks like from the Department of Planning and Zoning is requesting this comments. Um, you know, it could be the citizens group, but I think it all started because uh, because the conversation on data centers. There was a huge conversation on data centers, and they were trying to. They were, uh, I think, on Browse on Browse Center, if I'm correct. Um, there was some uh, there was a proposal to build a data center, zoning to be on Browse that, and everybody was uh, supervisors, but not. Uh, so, Ron, don't you think it's also part of the? Conferences plan, they are now drilling down into the zoning piece and trying to do their part with public outreach. Correct, correct, correct. It's all now trickling down to, um, you know, modify our zoning from a comprehensive plan, which should not be that basically they won't change the zoning. Um, so that's where it's all coming down. Uh, the planning and zoning, so I guess it puts some of the plans and rules on this. And the community at large, because I've got some other requests. I don't know. Correct. So, uh, so if you if you if you go um in the email at the bottom it says uh, with Sarah forward it it talks about uh, it it talks about the detailed document that Mike was referring to earlier on the uh, zoning ordinance that was sent to all advisory boards for feedback on. I can tell you that the chamber is trying to track this issue, is tracking this issue. Um, but I, I only have a rudimentary understanding of their summation, and that is that their sense is that the zoning changes are being increasing complication to an extent that it's making it difficult for businesses and Neighborhoods deal. But that's still a pretty simple statement, even if I agree with it or if it's true. I don't know. Um, but it's working as a sort of a way in. 
if we had anyone that you know we could refer to to say how do we live with that? Somebody who gives a recommendation. Somebody who basically says to us, look, you have this like valuable job. You actually need some intelligent feedback on like how to actually handle it. Because honestly, I don't get it. So, 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 Here's everything. Tell us which, what you think is not going to work for an advisory court. We need to be very, they need to tell us exactly what sections to look at, and then we can provide them direct answers. But to go over through a thousand page document, that you might as well just tell us not to look at it. It's defeating. Yeah, it's, no, it's just no way. There's no way you know what's relevant and what's not. That's our feedback. Even without region, right? We wouldn't say pretty confident with uh, the zoning as it is now in Loudoun County is not conducive to transit. Right? For transit, you need density and you need preferably grid. And then transit will work. No, nobody wants a grid because everybody wants to live in the cul-de-sac. So you have that. And nobody wants density because everybody wants to preserve you know, the character of the neighborhood. Also, like, what if you start building apartments? What, uh, what if foreign people will start moving in, right? And so, like, nothing gets changed, and like, we live in the place where transit is coming very difficult, right? Like, you you look at the at the community behind the George 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 Washington University, right? And there's a bus route very very well used that goes there, right? And it takes 10 minutes to move. There's only one exit, right? And there are apartments and like there are places there that would use transit. But it takes minutes, 10 minutes to get into it and then out of it. And it takes 10 minutes to, to do a really popular route, right? And that's because when this neighborhood was built, nobody was thinking about transit, right? Like, so the good news is the bridge growing across there soon. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, like if uh, I don't know if there will be a enter or exit from Route Seven, right? But but basically, yeah, things like that. So like, once you build something, it is extremely difficult to undo. And so, like, if we want transit to work, we need to at least build right what we built from now on. Right. To your point, I mean, like now I'm trying to understand what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because by the time this goes up into a year, you know, we can start. And one thing I and I'm just I'm, I don't know if Scott's looking over or not, but um, he mentioned earlier a long time ago about not building bus paths, you know, bus stations, you know, bus stops, and and hard paths because you never know if you actually need. So like being able to be more dynamic. I don't know how, but being able to have a way to be able to put bus stops where we need them and have that zoning there. Without building a permanent site prior to knowing the the the, the demand is there. now obviously once we know the demand is there, that's a different issue. But you know when we start looking at these things, we want to be able to be more as flexible as possible, but also provide uh, the, the, the easy, easy uh, way to put up a 
a pad if we wanted to. And once we know that that, that is a popular site. But these are questions that we would like to know that are in there. And it's a thousand page document is just not high on anyone's list to go through. And even if I did, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't hear. So, you know, so as I see here, you know, the document, there are various topics, like, as you said, bike, bikes, and whatnot. I think those could be our points of part of the talk to give them something to give them feedback. But um, I understand, I and also agree, we should, we should have, it should be a targeted areas that they ask us to consider a little bit perspective. So I will, I will write back. I can write back to the email, sir, or do you want to, I don't know, how you want to approach it. Um, I, can, I can reply asking, I think it's uh, Kate McCullough. Um, yeah. uh, I can write back to her and copy uh, our camera or just you and staff um, asking uh, if they would provide any targeting areas for CAF to review or consider as part of the zoning partner. Rather than one the whole ocean, yeah, which might not be uh, just for the election. Now we have 25 yeah. minutes, we have 25 minutes left in the meeting, yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm glad that here's that how would we move forward? Yes. So this, this, this needs to be um, comments, comments. comments on you before the, the scheduled July meeting. I don't know what July meeting. Before our July, so their comments are due before our next July meeting. So we have to provide a comment before our July meeting. Yeah. Okay. So if, if it's agreeable to staff membership, we'll, we'll hear back from them, and then um, then we can, you know, again collect feedback uh, from staff uh, membership or email, and send it. We can send it to Sarah, or I can enter myself uh, on the software in the Encode Plus comment platform. That's what I'm going to request them to have the request that we can. So we know our targets, what we just really want. Could you guys? you guys tell me what the next steps are for, for this getting comments back? So um, for item number 2E, Bruce, um, um, I have an action item to take it back to Kate McConnell asking her uh, specific areas for tax membership to look at in the, okay. in the document. And uh, depending on her feedback and um, inputs, uh, we will uh, I'll, uh, work with our tab membership to get inputs to those targeted specific areas um, and work with Sarah um, and, and our enter myself into the Encoreplus platform, those inputs um, as feedback from the tab for the zoning audience. Does that make sense? Yeah, and this will be done before um the, the next month or so before our July meeting. So this will be mostly handling the word email. All right, moving on to organization matters. 
Um, so the approval of March minutes, um, Mark um, wasn't able to get Mark Brian was not able to get us the minutes. So I'll work with him, uh, have those minutes prepared. Uh, hopefully uh, by the month, by, by July, May, so we can review the March and May, May, and July and have it approved for some right back for us. Uh, Sarah is doing the bonus for us today. Uh, for the main ones, we uh, and, and bylaws and charter. Um, I think this was a discussion we had the last time. Uh, expanding membership to include reps from NCPS, Java uh, communities, and cold coalition of government dollars. Um, this was a discussion. I don't think we got part on that. Uh, I don't know um, how the membership feels. I think this is the question on um, whether I think this is a question from, I think, uh, yeah, uh, that, uh, what do you call that? I don't know the person who is this created and how come to look at various uh, committees and commission to see, um, you know, if, how. Any any board or company is doing and if our membership is good, if you any if we have more, if we have less, are different areas to add. Um, uh, is there any particular uh, areas that we tab strongly feels that we need to have say a CPS rep to have communities of the whole from what we discussed last on transit? Because I know we have apart from the district reps, we have Metro Connects, we have Long Hall, Chamber of Commerce, and I don't think we have a lot of us appointed, but uh, we have this whole. Uh, what do you think about justifying something from the disabled community? We have a disabled community. Yes, Mark Farrar, Disability Services Board representative. Hey, can I jump in here for a quick second? No. So how many how many people are here? How many people are not in attendance today? Just the number. Two. Two. How many vacancies do we have? Two. So that means we're down four. Yeah. I did research going all the way back to the time tab started, and we're missing on average four people a meeting. So my recommendation from a staff perspective is not to increase the number of people there that are on this board. You know, we're already we, we're already averaging four people every meeting not being here. Also the the you know the the original setup of this board was to have folks that were riding transit to provide feedback to us, not not outside transit providing opinions to us so and and i'm just simply saying that because when i look at the list of the additional folks that are going to be in here if they're going to ride transit then that would be really good feedback for us to get back if they're not and we're just looking for somebody to give us an opinion from the schools or from the coalition of towns then i don't know how much that's really going to help drive what we're trying to do. So just just my feedback. Um, 
I, I, I think at 15, it's already a fairly large group. Um, and if you go above that, you're going to get even more unwieldy trying to keep everybody, you know, um, in tune and in touch and, and focused. So just, just my opinion. Well, Scott, if I could add on to that, I, I think that is a good point. And, uh, and these different agencies do have valuable input to provide. And absolutely, I feel that they should be part of stakeholder groups that we have as we're looking at certain issues uh, moving forward to include those different agencies as part of those targeted discussions. But as far as their participation in a, a you know, a bi-monthly meeting, uh, we, we may lose their motivation to continue to participate and, and maybe not get the worthwhile uh, information that we need. Of. Okay. Um, what does the panel membership feel about um, about the staff's um, recommendations? Of that? Um, well, the more members of the table decide on the thresholds for it. So, in a my viewpoint, as in a LCPS retirement communities and coalition programs, I think our time membership, you know, covers all these in different forms of facets. That's what I, I think um, today, uh, except that if you need inputs from the towns, from the retirement communities, so we just you know, reach out back to our communities and have a, a business card conversation, but then come back and forth. Yeah, the same, same thing. I mean, I don't think a couple of those like loud schools, I don't think they're not. I talked with Tim up and they their own buses to worry about. Loud towns, um, the supervisors, they recover, right? So, I mean, maybe not Ashburn per se, but the supervisors themselves, they recover the county. The retirement communities, one thing is, I remember when I was chair, I worked with the um, the other chair of the agency on aging. So, I mean, so we had invited each other to our meetings, yeah. but never as a formal chair on the ALC. So, and, and, you know, if we did that, that's kind of the one place where I would see a nice, nice, but it, I think if we wanted to, let's let's get maybe a member of this, this board to sit on their meetings as a guest and vice versa, and then and then let's see if it actually becomes useful. But uh, I, I'm not sure. I think I see that it could be, but not until we know for sure. So, and we already have that agency or that that, that committee. So I think there's already some some work being done. And they also speak at the same time, so they also do that too. So it's not like they're born to this. So the fact that we don't go to there and they don't come here, I mean, there hasn't been a need. Usually there's a need to drive us to do something. And since there hasn't been that need yet, and I'm saying yes, I think it may there may be one, tells me that there isn't the need to expand. And in fact, what was interesting is the fellow uh, insurance report. I don't see that leader chair minutes. Fifteen to eleven, and Chair Randall asked specifically about that. Very deliberate, I think. But I think after the dialogue, 
the reason why. I think it's I think it's notable that as of fifteen we average four not three So can, can I can I just sort of elevate question the the original intent of the committee as Scott frames it that it's intended for people who are writers in the system and I want to I want to acknowledge that um, but uh, I also want to acknowledge that it sort of disenfranchises those of us who are willing to volunteer and participate in this process. Um, and, you know, I think that might be something that needs to be sort of thought through. If, if that's really what this is designed for, then I probably am not going to be able to fill that spot for this organization. If I, if I may, uh, I have never taken bus in my time here. I've been the chair. Um, it is a transit advisory board. It's for, for the entire county. So, listen, I, 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 I drove here and I will continue to drive everywhere. And one of the reasons why I was originally selected from the previous supervisor was to provide that counter balance. Say, okay, transit is a, um, is definitely, it, it's a, it's a net, you know, it's basically subsidized. So, the people that subsidize are the people that drive, But we need to provide, but it is a necessary. Uh, it is something that's necessary. It's growing. This county, when I first started, when I first joined, when I first moved here, had, had 125 bus, and that was 20 years ago. Now we're over half a million, right, or something like that. So transit is growing. So you don't have to be a transit rider. Now we've got representatives that are commuter bus, long haul representatives. We've got uh, yeah, quoting the routes left and right. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, and this and it's all Gonkina serving our concentrated areas, but. And you will eventually know a lot of these things coming forward, but you don't have to be a writer and you don't have to be an advocate for the writer, but you do want to, you want to make sure you advocate for what was the best thing for the county residents and, and, and the best use of the funds for, for this county. I'm down with that, but I think there's a disconnect from what staff leadership is promoting and what the volunteer leadership is promoting. And I don't want to belabor it, but I just want to elevate it. And, and, and one of the things that is coming out of the ad hoc committee reviewing and working on the advisory group is a standard charter as well as also what Scott is referencing is that the first version of the path was really focused on helping provide feedback on the long haul services into Washington, DC and Arlington. And as transit has evolved, this group has but I'm not sure the charter has kept up with the evolution because when I looked at the charter, I frankly disagreed with one of the statements that was in the charter that said, to me, it described what staff's job is to do. Um, but one of the things that I want to remind everybody is we're an advisory board to the board, uh, but we appreciate your input because it helps us to formulate how we should provide service to. But your primary purpose is to advise the board to supervise on transit services. Secondary is to help us figure out how we can do our jobs better. And, and yeah. then just to add to that for the um, for the agency representatives like Amy's uh, with the Chamber of Commerce is to bring forth issues that the 
the, the, the Chamber and the Disability Services Board and Economic Development uh, that, that they have related to transit and to communicate back to those boards initiatives that we're doing and, and solicit feedback from them. So it's a, a two-way thing for, for those advisory boards or for those groups that are not part of the uh, election districts to represent them. Oh, just a time check, we are 11 minutes to the meeting from so, um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll, uh, well, let me just add one thing. Um, the ad hoc committee, they, they are working on the, the template, uh, so they're going to do some more work on that. Uh, their goal is for us to come back to them and, and I haven't been released to share it out with you, but we'll have some work sessions uh, to refine the bylaws for this committee. Uh, and then they would ask that they be reapproved by the Board of Supervisors based on their template. Uh, I think it's a year from this summer. And during the meeting that was held on Monday, the board asked two questions, which I believe Charles Young will reach out to you, Sarah. And they wanted to know one, would having remote access meeting encourage you to participate? I can almost say that. We had great attendance when we could come in remotely during COVID. People really like that, but they'll want to have an official response. And there was a second question. Um, Sarah, do you remember the second question that I think Sir Randall wanted to ask everyone in the meeting? I'm not remembering it. But at any rate, what I'm saying is there's some follow up that's going to come back to you to get your input to help formulate how this is forward. Is the, uh, like with Bruce, like for example, does he count as? Present for court, but not toward quorum, right? Uh, he his votes count towards uh, the court. The his votes count, but not because of quorum. He does not count towards the quorum of members okay. physically in the room. Is that because of Virginia state law? Yes. Gotcha. gotcha. Because yeah. it's virtual. Yeah. So you need a forum of members physically present currently with this since the state of emergency has been lifted. You need a quorum of members physically present. Loudoun County has passed additional regulations that allow you to participate remotely if you get permission and there's lots of limitations and you have to have reasons and you only get two per year. Once you get that approval and you do have a quorum present, you can actively participate. Your votes count. So that's why I had to send that email out today to ask everybody who's going to be here. I'm just sending my son was going to be here. He could hear it But uh, thanks for the uh, input of the retirement committee. So we will resume with that at the end of that. Um, so the last uh, item 3C tab summary reports to both supervisors and TLAP. Uh, I think it's Denny. Um, well, as you pointed out in our last discussion on this, um, the tab does come to the fancy side by or the board, or you speak in, in terms of uh, support or comments on the items for the board. Um, I'm not sure this might be clarified as we do this new charter for the uh, all advisory boards, so there might be a more official way of setting it up. All right, uh, number, I'm going on to item four, four eight. Uh, I'll give you the 15 second version because of the time. Um, 
You've got the statistics in the packet. Um, two notable items I mentioned uh, when I was updating rides at numbers yesterday. We fell just four trips short of reaching the thousand mile, uh, thousand trip uh, in a day mark when we commuted busing yesterday, which would have been the first time pandemic. So that caught my attention when I was following some status. Uh, the other thing was uh, last Monday, the 9th, we implemented some service enhancements primarily in the commuter bus. We started five new morning trips and five new PM trips. Um, we also reactivated the Brandleton parking ride uh, for commuter service. Uh, we're hoping that some of these adjustments that we made will draw some people from the buses that were when we last talked. We had a couple of trips that were starting to get the capacity. Uh, we've been over capacity a couple of times, so we're hoping these new trips will start drawing people away from those uh, couple of most popular, but we'd like to give the data a couple of weeks. Uh, so here in the next week or so, we'll sit down and really start doing a deeper dive into the data, see what's telling us. Uh, we also expanded options out to Harmony and Percival by extending some of the Leesburg trips out there. So it didn't add buses, but it provided more uh, trips and PM to harmony. Uh, so uh, we're going in the right direction and you know we're gonna try very hard to stay in the product, not get caught behind and have people hanging out of the windows as we keep moving forward. So I might have 20 seconds, sorry. Thanks to um, any burning questions just to on that. Um, one question is that that statistic leaders 20 seconds there. Is there any way I can get that content? Um, all I, there's an update in the agenda. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's part of the PDF. It's part of the PDF. Uh, the pages uh, four. And if you have any specific thing you want to reach out to us through yeah, the page three. email, certainly. Page three through. Page three to show it up. Yeah, uh, Sarah, you just sent that out as well. It's a, oh. it's an attachment to of the agenda packet. These are the pages. And that, that no, the, attachment one, I'm sorry. And has that type of business card sample to on page last week. So, yeah, we'll review that. If you have any questions, we'll do some tasty. Any other burning questions on that? No. Do you have any input or update on the Metro Rail? I would like to give an update on the Metro Rail with your confidence from the set because of everything that's going on. Can we go to Steve first to talk about the business card? Sure. And then I'll try to give you the short version of the business card. Business card sample is an attachment to the last page of the PDF. I just had only one thought on that. You need to specify. Uh, the district that the representative is representing, say, for instance, the very just from the old county or specific argument, uh, the organization for the matter if it's EDAG or, you know, uh, chamber of commerce or something. Okay. That's the only thing I had. So, but. Does that matter to the services from the community? Yeah. yeah. If, if you're like a, a, a supervisor, correct one, I think that would help, right? So, when is it in the phase that 
Hey, for all our new members, we are terrible with using acronyms. So if you don't know what something is, please don't yell out and say, what does that mean? Because we we have a bad habit of doing that. Nowhere else is. <laughs> and this is rare in Washington that anything like that happens. You know, I, I don't know. I think both supervisors have in their meeting package or somewhere I've seen and it's they have appendix at the end for some of these acronyms. Yeah. So, like the quarterly report, we have. Yeah, so. Yeah, so, yeah I, no, I, I thought Scott was going to say we have a orientation for new members with Sunday and cars on coffee. So. <laughs> Uh, he said something else. <laughs> Penny, I'd love to get the punchline of when is it? When is Silver Mine coming? Yeah. Climbing on Silver Mine is. Yes. I got you over. What I have heard is that we're expecting operational readiness phase, ORB operational phase, which is when. MWA turns it over to Bomada. MWA being Metropolitan Washington Airport Authority, so Bomada, Washington Area, Washington Metropolitan Area Transit Um, And Bomada has at least 90 days to do all of its testing on various issues to make sure it's ready and safe. It may go longer than 90 days. I don't think it'll be less than 90 days to have our transit system ready to go faster. So I heard the first week of June some inventories are ORB, but you know what? How many times have I sat in these meetings and said, this is what I've heard and we think it's going to be and it hasn't happened? I think that's the second time you said the first week of June, though. <laughs> I mean, in the last like three years. <laughs> uh, so 
I'm hoping it's, it's I'm hoping our video service is starting before the end of the year. So calendar year. Yes. I should say this way because I because it's still fiscal forty two. This has been a significant week for the the really, really good news is that we know the general manager of Lee Development Fund has, has actually resigned. And in the meantime, the board of directors at Lamada new general manager CEO who works for the Austin, Texas Cap Capital Investment. He also has worked at the Massachusetts Bay Transportation Authority. Uh, no, and he also worked at the American Public Transportation Association. So he has experience in a lot of the areas that Lamada is facing right now, electrification of cars, rail cars, and things like that. Um, and based on other events of this week, we know he's got his work cut out. But he is, uh, just to let you know, he is uh, a really dynamic person. I was surprised I was on the call with the Northern Virginia staff. Associated in and supporting and liaison with Lamada, and Randy jumped on the phone call to introduce himself. So he's very personable and a very energetic person. So he's going to need that for all the challenges he faces at And then moving on to other events in the past, past few days, Ms. Cindy Bell decided to accelerate his resignation on Monday evening um, before he left. The uh, operating officer, their leader, also resigned. Um, and as we all know, you know, what was identified by here's some other letter: the Metropolitan Washington State Um uh, has not recertified its rail train operator. Seventy-two of them. Yes, seventy-two, and and. What I want to think, which and this is really important, is that during COVID, the system agreed to waive recertification because they didn't want people coming in and being more out of the media didn't cover that part. Yeah. But after the you know the COVID receded or went away, or something that way, um, that street that um, waiver certification should have been stopped. And so the policy of the Lamont board is that every year riders have to be recertified. Some systems require that recertification every two years. So you could say there was some wiggle room there, but the board policy was one year. So what they did was they pulled in any driver and it was 72 that were two years or longer to get them started. And then they brought in, they'll bring in the rest of the drivers that get them recertified. But as we all say, sitting here, and Lamada has a history of safety issues. What may not be apparent in the in the media is the safety officer is the one who stepped forward and said there's a problem here. And so safety officer and the interim general manager are right now working on a plan to get everybody to certify. Get that issue taken care of. Subsequent to that event, this is what Randy's at the end of the discussion. Um, the w, WMSC identified another 
critical, really critical safety. That is when at night, when the rail workers go out on the rail line to do maintenance work, they just need to stay every night. There's a system or a process whereby that third rail gets turned off with the power electric piece up. Well, apparently there's some violation of that policy in terms of how that gets So, um, what can I say? And I can tell you, having worked with Lamana for a number of years, and I should stop here soon because I don't want What is frustrating is that the board thinks they're getting good data and good information made by someone like this. And that's truly, really frustrating to me as that because I set these meetings and hear the story of what's going so well. But what we've discovered in this process is that the safety officer is not in the hierarchy command system. So she can step in and say, we have a problem here. I think there will be some structural changes around that because uh, the safety officer who reports to the board every every meeting is really on top of things and is very thoughtful about what we should be doing. So between the new PM, the interim acting PM, which is Andy Ott, um, and uh, what the board has just been through, I think. But then I said that. Yeah. So it's it's just unfortunate. I mean, I just shake my head. I just. But we think the silver line's coming. We have a new GM coming in with a lot of energy in his some of the areas he's worked in his safety. So I think, and he's been consulted and briefed on all the stuff that he's done along. We'll see them soon. Sounds like I'm saying the best. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we made there. There was a lot of frustration the last few days. You you did say at the beginning that yeah, and hopefully the 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 silver line bus. Well, well, venture. I hope before twenty three. Any burning questions on that? If not, um, I think the next business meeting tabs plan for 7 p.m. the evening of Wednesday, June 22nd at the Sterling Library. Um, that's a new bus fleet there uh, at 2223 South Sterling Boulevard Street, A17117. Uh, that is the facility we've been to before. We've been there before. Yes. Yeah. Next to the DMV, new, new DMV. And I was going to say that on days when Langkang public schools are closed due to weather, or when Langkang government is closed because of the weather before being canceled. With that, the meeting is adjourned. Uh, if I, if, yeah, we don't have to include this in the minutes, but do you have a suggestion after Sterling that you'd like me to look at? Um, Maybe back down to Stone Ridge. Yeah, Stone Ridge is probably great. 
I will continue to offer the community foundation a room this size with virtual system sale. Okay. Is it open to the public? Well, I'm the executive director and invite the public to join in. Okay. Great.